0: Thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. This is David Perkins, and we're so glad that you're listening. Hey, if you're a part of our family meeting online or in person, we would encourage you to get connected at Radiant Church KC across all social media platforms. God is doing something incredible in Kansas City, and we love connecting with you, whether it's through our app or even through all the content available on our YouTube page. Hey, our prayer is that God uses this message to change your life and that you could become a dynamic disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this message. We're in this series, uh, and we called it Disciple. And it's in this season right now where a lot of times, uh, this is the season where a lot of people skip church. A lot of times in November, people skip church, and uh, we decided that right in November, uh, in the skip church month, I, I got a lot of buddies that are pastors, and the, the joke around is that, is that, hey, there's a couple times where people don't come, and a lot of times people don't come in November. So we decided that in November, we were going to just go old school, like hit you in the mouth with a, dis- with a discipleship series. Uh, and so anyway, just to let you know, uh, y'all have not skipped. So thank you very much. Give yourselves a big hand. That's been amazing. Good job. That's awesome. And so... Uh, I love it. Hey, uh, so we started this series called Disciple, and we talked in week one um, about get as close as you can. We talked about, about following Jesus, and we talked about the disciples getting as close to the rabbi as possible, walking in the dust of the rabbi. And the whole message was the idea that we're following Jesus. Get as relationally close to Jesus as you possibly can. And then in week two, we talked about how we're being transformed into the image of Christ. So we're becoming like Jesus. So first is leave everything and follow him. Second was be transformed into his image so that our lives look like him. And so uh, we, we, we dug deep into that idea. And then last week we talked about that moment where Jesus looks at his disciples and says, hey, the way that the world's gonna know That you're my disciple is if you love one another. And so we dug into that idea. Um, And today I'm going to go after uh, this idea that Jesus makes really clear in the Great Commission. That if you are a disciple of Jesus, disciples make disciples. And so that's where we're going to go today. Uh, We will quote Matthew 28 because I know that is the text uh, for making disciples. But I just got to do this fun one today. Start off here. uh, A little bit different angle on it. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 1. Paul's speaking to young Timothy. Last letter that Paul writes, and he's speaking to young Timothy, and he says this, you then, my son. Interesting, my son. He's not his biological son. He's talking to a spiritual son, but yet he calls him my son. So he's got an investment in Timothy. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable men. So you then, my son. You then, my my spiritual son, not my biological son, but you, I'm thinking about you, now you. And then I want you then to entrust to reliable people. So now I'm not just thinking about my spiritual son, I'm thinking about my spiritual grandchildren through, through Timothy. And then he says this, who will also be qualified to teach others. So you've got a way of thinking that is, multi-generational spiritually. And that's what I wanna go after today. I want us to think in terms of making disciples. And my dream is that you would have spiritual great-grandchildren. That's the vision today. You have spiritual great-grandchildren. Let's pray. Father, we love you today. We thank you for what you're doing. And we ask that we would be disciple makers as disciples of Jesus in our time, not give excuses when we stand before you why it just didn't work in 2021 not give reasons why we just didn't have the time to make disciples. But Lord Jesus, would you help us to live our lives in such a way that we stand before you and we were a part of the great commission. As you built your church all over the world, we, we were a part of what you were building. We love you and we honor you. In Jesus' name, And all of said amen. So this is a picture of uh, my parents with their grandchildren, all right? So uh, there's actually one more, uh, And so, uh, but, but this is Hal and Debbie here, and, and this is their grandkids. So, so they are not financially responsible for all these children. They only, they, they, they produced four kids, all right? So David, Dana, Deborah, Dan, they tried to have two. They accidentally had triplets, and so they had four, all right? So uh, they, they had four, but... The four aren't in the picture. And if you look at all these others, I just want you to think, you know what grandchildren are. I just want you to see a picture. Because what I I want you to think of is your own life. And if there are real faces, like those are some real faces. If you could picture the people that as a result of your disciple-making life, there are real people that walk as disciples of Jesus. That's the dream. And here's Paul. And Paul talks, you can take that away. Paul talks about... This idea here, and he's talking spiritually, but he's already, he's already talked biologically. So he's already looked at Timothy and said, hey, your grandmother, Lois, was a follower. And then your, your mother, Eunice, was a follower. And I'm sure now the work of the gospel alive inside of you. And in the next chapter here in chapter two, he gives this language of like spiritual grandchildren and great-grandchildren that he has or that he's thinking about or that he's looking toward or that he's strategizing about. He's thinking about as a result of young Timothy's yes to the gospel. And so you've got this clear kind of generational thinking. And I was just imagining for us what it would look like if Paul, the one who has spiritual, not just children, Spiritual grandchildren, spiritual great-grandchildren. What if he had just said, I'm not going to be a reproducer. I'm just going to be a receiver. So Jesus appears to him, Acts chapter 9, road to Damascus. He has encounter, and he goes and says, thank you, good news. I'm a follower, but he never writes in prison. Like he never, to the church in Galatia, to the church in Ephesus, to the church in Philippi, to the church. No, he just, he just... I'm just going to, I got to, I got to make it. I want to, I got to survive. It's, it's it's a little bit of me time, a little bit of my own self-care thoughts. I'm thinking about me. And and what if he never, never thought about investing in Timothy? Like what if he never, never decided I'm going to be the go on the missionary journeys and go through the shipwrecks and go through the beatings because because I'm gonna, I got to focus on my own, my own journey, my, myself, me. And I just imagine, oh, the loss. Oh, the loss. If he was just a receiver, never a spiritual reproducer. Then if we think about our own journey in our own lives, think about what it would look like for you to take a step in maturity as a spiritual reproducer so that you are someone who has a young Timothy, so that you are thinking in your own mindset. So we would look at mothers and fathers that um, would think not just, I mean, in our culture, if we, if we just didn't think about ourselves, but we actually thought about our children, that'd be a good father. That'd be a good mother and father. If you were thinking about your your, your grandchildren, that'd be like a whole nother level. Like, wow, wow. You're going you're gonna to make choices based upon your, your grandchildren. But you would be like an insanely amazing, best ever, no way, impossible, never heard of it, to where you're living your life, where you're thinking about your great-grandchildren. But here's Paul thinking about Levels of his evangelism and spiritual maturity, of the ripples of impact of the levels, how deep the the gospel, the spiritual sun, and then his influence and his influence and his influence. Just imagine if if our church, if we started to have some of that in our mindset, and we started to think about, okay, I'm 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 living in a world where I'm I'm told to think mostly about me, but but I'm gonna make choices with my time and my attention and my dollars, where the good news of the gospel, not like a moral commitment where I have to do it just to prove to God that I love him. But instead, what's taken place inside of me, I've beheld, I've seen, I've had a moment, even like Saul to Paul, where Jesus is Lord of my life. And now I have been filled with the Holy Spirit. And there's a supernatural work inside of me. And the thing that I care about is the proclamation of Jesus to my world and beyond. And that's actually like what I think about and what I care about. Because if you go that route, then you're starting to think about what remains and what lasts, what goes on. Jesus was sitting around with his disciples and uh, we talked last week out of that moment uh, in John 13, where Jesus is in in the last supper in the upper room and where he says, hey, this is the way that people are going to know that you're my disciples if you love one another. A little bit later in John 15, he says, he, he says this. He says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you might go and bear fruit. And here's the phrase, fruit that will last. Just wanna freeze right there. Fruit that will last. Uh, w- w- when I was growing up, I memorized this for um, my Bible quizzing as a third grader in the 1984 NIV that it was fruit that remains remains fruit that lasts imagine how much of our time we spend doing things and it's not going to last now we think it's a big deal because we 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 develop arguments because we live in a culture that tells us it's a big deal we we live in a culture that tells us that we're a big deal and we think well maybe i shouldn't you you just don't understand my world but imagine if your father could have a conversation with you about what lasts like jesus sat with his disciples and he looked at them and he says, here's what lasts. What remains, what remains is, is others. It's, it's people. That's, when you look at what's gonna take place for eternity, it's us with God. And so you've got a window of time, we've got a window of time, and there's a whole lot of other things that you can give your time and attention to, but what lasts is others. And I just think if we had a moment where we could have a conversation with Jesus, He would say the same thing to us that he said then give yourself to what lasts fruit that remains fruit that will last there's a whole lot of things that aren't going to last but people making disciples helping people come to know and follow jesus so your investment because of your life more people knowing Jesus. And in a real tangible way where you figure out, okay, with my children, with the people that I work with, maybe in my neighborhood, maybe maybe something where I develop relationships online. But instead of just kind of organically thinking that I'm going to glow for Christ, I go to Radiant, so maybe I'll just beam. Maybe my making disciple strategy is that I'm going to make a post. Those things are nice and cute. But here's the words of our Savior. Here, invest in others. This is what lasts. This is what remains. Renata and I, um, for years, uh, took our children to two places, church and Chuck E. Cheeses. And... So we had so many kids so quickly that whenever, uh, there was, and and also, uh, we would take them sometimes to, uh, check them into, uh, the kids area, at lifetime fitness, and then go to the cafe, but no, she'd go work out. But then, uh, but there was a season where, um, I felt like I spent a whole lot of time at Chucky and, um. And, and the way that it worked it was quite a process because you would take your kids' to Chuck E. Cheese and you had a lot of decisions. It was how much are we gonna invest in pizza versus tokens? And then you give them tokens and then they are investing their time in either games that give tickets or in rides and they're making a, a decisions based upon that, which leads to then the real significant moment at Chuck E. Cheese's, which is the moment where you're trying to leave, but we have to stop at the long line at the ticket counter. Um, and that ticket counter is the big event of the day. Um, and, and you've already been there a really long time. Um, and, then, and then it's not just a line, but then the glass encased toys that are little trinkets and baubles as we stare at 25 tickets, 50 tickets, five tickets, 100 tickets, 200 tickets. And the total value of like a 10,000 ticket toy is about $7, but, uh, but you've spent $150 to get those tickets, right? Like and, um, and then there's the, the children who are looking at all of the worthless toys that are guaranteed to never last. And it is a massive decision. It is significant. They've invested a lot of ticket time. They've invested a lot and they care desperately. And it could lead to tears if they don't have the right bobble trinket because it is they're going to get a toy. But if I were to speak honestly with my children at Chucky, it is these toys won't last. And I just wonder if our father were able to look at the way that we spend our time and our attention. And we think I got to work on this project, on this appearance that I have, on this way that I look, and this is my trips, and this is my, and this is my French, and this is my latte, and this is my, and just all my stuff that's just me. And I got a whole lot of self-care, but I got no care for the souls of others. I just wonder if he wouldn't look at us like Jesus looked at his disciples and say, give yourself to what lasts, fruit that remains. There's a whole lot of things that's not going to remain. There's a whole lot of things that's not going to last. But here's what is going to last. It's very significant, every single person that says yes to follow Jesus. Every person that steps over the line into eternity. And if heaven and hell are realities, and we believe with all our hearts that they are, then the way that we live our lives now in the present tense is significant because we are plan A to reach people. Jesus has a plan A. It's his church. Now you might put it on a back burner and say, I'm going to let somebody else do it. I'm going to delegate it. I'm going to come up with a reason why I'm not a disciple maker. But you're his plan A. You said yes to the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. You're a part of the fellowship of the redeemed. You are his plan A. He's using his church. So what would it look like if you had a Timothy? What would it look like if you had people that were in your your impact, your ripple effect. You were a spiritual reproducer. Because we live in a culture that is constantly telling us our lives are all about ourselves, it's tempting for us to just live as receivers. And so we will spend 10,000 hours even on spiritual receiving. Give me another podcast, another book, give me another YouTube video, another worship song, another... Me. All those things are good. And... You're a funnel where you receive, 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 so that you can reproduce, 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 reproduce. If you look at Paul, Paul had Barnabas. And if you read Acts nine, there's a moment where the disciples are like nervous about Saul. And then it says, but Barnabas, he, he fought for Paul. And then you look at Paul and then Paul begins a process where he's He's fighting for young Timothy to be trained and he quits. Paul had a Barnabas. Paul had a Timothy. You need a Barnabas. You need a Timothy. Many of us, we just want Barnabas. Many of us, we don't have a Timothy. And so many people, so many people are just like, I just, I just, one day if I could just get the right podcast or the right relational mentor or the right, hold on a second. There needs to be the kind of people that say, you know what, I'm going to be the disciple maker that I read about, that God's called me to be, instead of having a reason why I'm just too busy, I'm too hurt, I've been too violated. I, my, 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 my pastor did this, I'm too offended. I did, oh, hold on. No matter who did what, no matter what, you're, David, are you saying I shouldn't care? No, definitely, we wanna go through healing, we wanna go through the process. You want somebody pouring into you, and give your life, figure it out, give yourself to like I want i 'm desperate. What if I, wh- who are the people that I could think generationally, spiritually, I, so that you could say i 've got spiritual grandkids, spiritual great grandchildren. My life has multiplied, my spiritual life has multiplied because I walked Kansas City because I walked planet Earth. There are people are impacted for the kingdom because of my yes. And Paul is talking about it. It's in, his, it's in his mind. He's thinking about it. He's actually, when he's speaking to Timothy, he's talking about the people that two generations down from impact. Hebrews 5.11 has really got some edge to it. I just want to read it to you. Just read this. This is, this is, the, the, this is heavy stuff. Are you ready? I'm just going to straight read it. No commentary. Just here we go. We have much to say about this, but it is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. In fact, though by this time, you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant Use, have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Just an intriguing phrase here, as the author of Hebrews says, by now, in the timeline, by this time, you ought to be teachers. I just think it's possible for us in a culture where you can talk about um, just all the reasons why I just am too hurt, or I can just go to a different church, or just call it a new season. And I just want you to just read Hebrews five and just go: Is it time? Is it time? Like, and and, and when when I read teaching, you know, I, I I think that there could be like where you're teaching the scriptures. I think of it as you investing your life, giving uh, one one way to think of it. Being a disciple is that. It's just, I've got a piece of somebody else's life in me. It's like, it's more like a parent than a professor. It's just like we've done life and they've invested in me. I'm a disciple. And now I give myself to help another. Uh, I know this is going to be a little bit um, controversial, but I think one of the most inspiring disciple makers I've ever seen was Mr. Miyagi. (laughs) And I know... I'm not talking about discipling in Christianity, but if you watch that storyline, it's a great picture of a guy who looks at a kid without a father who's broken, meets a need, gives him the bike, and then uses karate as the opportunity to help a boy get restored, right? You might not have karate in your hip pocket, but you've got something. You are Mr. Miyagi to somebody. You've got something. And you might not say... Wax on, wax off, paint the fence. But you've got in you some avenue, some way to say it. You know what? I formerly was addicted to this and I found freedom. And now I can go find somebody who's been beat up and is broken and is the side of the road and the bike's in the dumpster. And I can go help them on their journey because they're addicted and I'm going to help them. So you might not have a master's degree in theology, but you've come out of a broken place and now you can invest your life in somebody. Or you might be able to look at a young person. I just dream about a church that's multi-generational where we got the Loises and the Eunices and the Timothys, and we're all just helping one another. That's why we love it when we have, right now we have high school students that are helping in our kids' area, because I want in our church for our high school kids. Like, I can't push you around, but I can push them around. I just, "Mm." man, I was a youth pastor for 20 years. This is how we're going to do this, right? Hey, listen, here's what we're going to do. We're going to, you're 17, you're old enough. Now invest your life in a nine-year-old. Start telling them about Jesus, so that 20 years from now, we got 39-year-olds that are thinking, this is just what I do. I'm 39. I'm investing my life in a 25-year-old that just got married. I'm gonna help them follow Jesus in their new marriage. Are you tracking with me? Yes. We're thinking even generationally, what would it look like? Just if you have age and maturity, you've got some life skills, some life experience. But we go, no, no, no. I don't, I don't have time because I have created a world where I am too busy. And I think... It's Chuck E. Cheese, baubles, and trinkets. I think our father would look at it and go, hold on a second. Here is the Great Commission. Not the Great Suggestion, the Great Commission. I want to invite you to go make disciples. So who are the people that you could say, here's the people I'm investing my life in? Some of you parents, it could be your children. Some of you grandparents, it could be grandchildren. Some of you men, it could be other men sitting at a Starbucks or at a Denny's. That's where the anointing is, baby. Come on now. Moon's over Miami, midnight. Mm, stick at 2 a.m. It's awesome. All right, but, but figuring out who could I, who I, I'm, I'm a disciple. I spend time with Jesus. I walk with Jesus. And now I'm helping other people. One of the reasons why we don't make disciples is because we're so committed to being cool and we're so committed to making friends that we won't make disciples. I love it when with the motive of making disciples, you make friends, but it starts with the motive of making disciples. So a lot of times we'll do, well, I can't get the group of people that I want to meet with me, to meet with me. So it's their fault. It's just too hard. And you know, this is 2021 Starbucks isn't open at the right time. I can't get the right latte. And these people won't gather with me. Maybe it starts with finding the tax collectors and the fishermen that nobody wants and saying, I'll come down off and not necessarily be with the cool people, but I'm gonna intentionally go with the people that are figured out, younger, not socially. There's no the, Me investing Christ-like discipleship into them is not a boomerang to where I somehow benefit. I'm just pouring my life out to others. What I receive is from Christ, And so I'm an obedient disciple more than I am a strategic American networker. I'm a follower first. So because I'm a follower first, I'm just saying yes. And then God says, and all these things shall be added unto you. Right? Right. I'll take care of you. I got you. He says, I I I got you. I'm your father. You be a disciple. You seek first the kingdom. You You do these things for Jesus' sake. And you'd be surprised how much he'll take care of you. And so when Jesus says in Matthew 28, famous text, here it is, go into all the world, make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teach them to obey everything i have commanded you. Surely I'm with you to the end of time. We go not in our own authority. You say yes to being a disciple maker. It is not your authority. You're going in Jesus' authority. You have supernatural strength. Jesus has been building his church for a couple thousand years, and he's going to use you. So it's not a mean mandate that I unfortunately have to do to prove to God that I like him. It's the privilege of experiencing God at work through me. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. And you start to realize there's a mercy and a grace. You start to think, well, I'm not, I'm not ready. No one ever is. You never You never arrive. Will Riddle has so much knowledge in his head. He has like 75 master's degrees or he's very smart, but you know what? He hasn't arrived, but in the process of disciple making, you know what? He's still learning and he's still dialoguing with God and he's still processing. If I, if I, if I waited till I was ready to start a church, (laughs) never happened. Right. I'm learning as I go. What's up? Thanksgiving at Radiant. Can you do that? Pie at church. I don't know. Right. Like we're just making up as we go. Right, and you're doing the same thing. You're doing the same thing. You're going, I'm just giving you my yes, and I'm going to pull these eighth grade boys together. We're going to sit around a, a, a Denny's, a coffee shop, a, I don't know, a Chuck E. Cheese, and, <laughs> and we're going to have a conversation, or or whatever place who you can invest in. But when you go, when you say yes. You're going in His authority, Jesus, the one who has all authority. And these disciples would have gone, Yeah, He has all authority. The winds and the waves obey Me. His authority over nature. The demons come out, they flee at His voice, His authority in the spiritual realm, His authority. Every, every knee's gonna bow. He has all, A L L, all. all authority, heaven and earth. And when you say yes to making disciples, you get in on the wake of his boat. And you're like, I am a part of something bigger than just my retirement fund and my grass being green. I'm a part of God at work and my generation. So I got a vision of having spiritual sons and daughters and spiritual grandchildren and great-grandchildren. In addition, Jesus commands us to go. It's like, because, because of our culture, we think, I'll, I'll, I'll go in my time. when Me. Me time and my way. And I just want to invite you to think differently. I just want to invite you to just think, no, no, no. If he's Lord of all, I go in his time and his way. And then, all of a sudden, my heart expands because I start to care about the Great Commission instead of about what everybody tells me to care about in my culture. And then when I read the, 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 the church history, the, the way that the disciples responded in the Bible and church history, it wasn't this suggestion. It was something that they gave their lives to. And so Jesus' last command Was the disciples' first concern. Wow. I heard Jesus say this, and so this is heavy, but so James says yes, and then is beheaded. And Philip says yes, and is tortured and crucified. And Peter says, all right, yes, and he's crucified upside down. And Andrew, his brother, crucified in the shape of an axe. James the just, clubbed to death. Bartholomew skinned to death, Thomas burned alive, Matthew stabbed, Thaddeus crucified, Simon the Zealot crucified, Matthias stoned to death, and John the Beloved dipped in oil and then exiled to the island of Patmos. I only give you that to give you, your yes might look like Starbucks and Denny's, but take it seriously. Because for the apostles, it was martyrdom. For the apostles, it was our chief, first, foremost, number one concern. Let's say yes. David, this is heavy. We're doing martyrdom today as well as Chucky. I don't know what to feel. (laughs) I'd like to invite you to just to not yes to me or to a church, just you and Jesus. What's he telling you to do? What's your yes look like? How could you be a disciple maker? How could you have spiritual children, grandchildren? I mean, what would it look like for you to "Mm, write, so-and-so, my son or my daughter in the faith? Not where you force your way in, because that's weird. I had people do that to me. I hate that, right? But where you have permission, where you've so invested in their lives, you bought them the bike. So they're like, hey, teach me karate, right? Like you loved them first, not force your way. I'm your spiritual mentor. Uh, No, no, no. You loved them and invested in them to where their hearts started to warm up. So I'd encourage you, number one, look for people to invest in. Just look for them. Look for the ones, where, what's, what's, who's, who's the small group of two or three or four? I think that the spiritual heroes of Radiant Church are the small group leaders that are making disciples, that are pastoring people. The people at Radiant that every week and I know we like to say, oh, I'll just do it organically. Hmm. How's that going for you? Right? I'll organically make disciples through Insta stories. Yeah, right. <laughs> Bring a strategy around a table. Let's talk about who could, who, who, who could you invest in that's probably not convenient for you. And I just think, you know, we're like, well, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll, I'll do something This convenient. I do that. I do what's convenient. Nathan and I make this joke all the time because uh, we, in the five years that we've started Radiant, uh, we're always doing small groups. And when we intentionally go to build the people where there's a need, we see God at work. When we say, I'm gonna do something that fits me and my schedule, what I like, for me, for myself, oftentimes nobody comes, right? Look for the need. Where you're putting them, I care about you. I care about your journey. I care about where you're at. Look for him. Look for the Daniel LaRusso's Daniel son who's in need and identify it. Is it high school girls? Is it, is, it, is it people where you work? Is it a community of people that you know you've got some, you're just a step ahead. You're on the journey with Jesus. The way we say it at Radiant is you're on this radiant you want to be a radiant disciple on the journey with Jesus. And you can just look back and maybe it's only in just one area. I'm not saying that you're spiritually necessarily mature in all areas, but in this one area, you're like, ooh, I, I know that temptation for young moms. I've been there and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a grandmother and I could, I, could, I, could help those, I could help those ladies. I could, I could help connect. I could, I could open up. We could have some tea, you know, like what do we do? that Renata likes tea. So I think tea, right? Like we could think through it. No, no, no. I just need somebody to pursue me. No, no, no. You pray, ask God, and you look for the need. Jesus didn't find disciples. He made them. We often go, I just want to find friends. Oh, look at who are the ones that you could help me to need to make disciples. Number one, it's just look for them. Then Listen. Just listen to those people by asking questions. Listen to them. I was in a small group when I was seventeen, and the leader just talked and talked ad nauseum, just monologued, and I loathed that small group. Like, I just didn't want to go. Like I just hated it. And me and my friends, we would just kind of look at each other like this, like, "Shoot me," just <laughs> right, just. And it was a nice guy, but he just, he, he just used the moment to tell us how well he knew the Bible and we all just despised it. But another guy when I was 19 and he was like, actually someone that I cared what he had to say, he was significantly, um, more socially aware. And you know what he did? Here's how he started the small group. Hey guys, I just wanna learn your story. And we take turns telling our story. And he just asked questions. He just listened. He just listened. And before too long, I cared about what he had to say. And he was one of those guys. He was a theology major. I thought he was old, like old dude, 22, you know, like wow. And he wore, he wore a black t shirt every day. And I was like, I'm doing that. Black t shirt every day, you know, like I, like, I, I so valued. Why? He's just listening. Jesus listened. I know we can read all of his teachings, but he also, so you can read Sermon on the Mount, you can read Jesus, John 13, 45, but he listened. Hey guys, who do the people say that the Son of Man is? Hey, do you believe me? Hey, do you love me? Hey, do you know what I've done for you? Jesus was a question asker. He listened to his disciples. So, if you'll listen, and you'll listen to the 27-year-old that's facing the crisis, or you'll listen to the 47-year-old in the crisis. If you'll listen, you'll be, for them, someone that they go, I care care about what you have to say because you've loved me well. So look for them, and then listen. Listen, it's not the moment to test them out to see if you're good enough to start your own podcast. Listen, everybody... Everybody has information. Information in the global age is so cheap. We have information, like information is cheap. Love is priceless. You're gonna love me. You're gonna listen and take care of me. You're gonna meet a need. Opens up the heart. And eventually you say, let me tell you about my savior, who Jesus is. And then lastly, lead them. Just lead them toward Jesus. Let them take a step. And they'll say, ah, I feel this, I think this, the world is this way. And you just gently just, just a, pop, 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 pop. what does the Holy Spirit say? What, what did Jesus say about that? What? And you're like, here's what you're doing you're just slowly helping them to think about Jesus being at the center and Christianity. And you and me, we get the privilege of being disciple makers with proper names where you can say it, Jimmy, Johnny, and Joey, or whoever. These are the people that I'm investing my life in. And I'm actually praying for the people that they'll invest in, that they'll invest in, that they'll invest in. And you get the privilege of being a disciple maker, and you only get 80, 90 years on planet earth. So God, open up a door um, one of the games that I liked to play a lot with my kids when they were little was we would play 500 and it was just where we'd throw up the football and then you would just say 300, 500, 100 and what you would watch is my kids were so small none of them usually would catch it so we wouldn't play, the, we wouldn't play the, where you had to catch it we would play that just if you get it like, and then they would just dog pile and fight for it, Right? And it was the one with the most tenacity that usually was able to just get the ball and get it back to me, right? Just fighting for it. We sing the song about um, a revival. That last song, God of Revival. We live in a city, in a culture where everybody is being pulled on to live for themselves, to live for materialism, humanism, narcissism, anything but Christ. And When we pray, when we disciple, when we give up our time and our dollars, and we just say, I'm going after them, it's just that tenacity that says, I care, I'm going after it. I'm not, I'm not choosing the comfortable way. I'm going after him, I'm gonna fight for it. I'm giving myself, I'm going after it. I'm not gonna be passive. Passive people don't change the world. And I wanna invite you to pray, ask the Lord and develop your own. Who am I leading? Who's my Timothy? What's my group? Who can I lead? I want all of you to have a Barnabas pours into you and Timothy's you're pouring your life into. You just always receive, receive from God, receive from others and pour in your life. And we've kind of set up radiant to where it's a place where we want to try to help you not just receive, but also invest, have that little circle. Have those little group of people that you're helping them become like Jesus. You're helping them know Jesus. You're making disciples. Maybe making disciples in the midst of the busiest, connected through the internet. Everybody's got a billion ways to have as many friends as they can find online, as much ways to make money online, as much ways to go do go do all these other things. Yet, I want to invite you to look at what lasts, what's going to remain. We want more than just busyness with the toys of the planet. We want fruit that lasts, fruit that remains. Others, making disciples. That's the place of investment. Will you stand with me? Let's pray together. Place your hand on your hearts. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we ask that you would help us. Lord, to study your word and to go live it. So as... Disciples, we want to get as close to you as we can get. We want to be transformed into your image. We want to love like you love. And we want to intentionally make disciples. And I pray, Lord Jesus, for every person today in the room, online, Lord, would you help us? We will never, we will never make time for this if we live for ourselves. But with Christ at the center, each of us can give our yes. And I ask, Lord God, I ask that 20 years from now, there'd still be stories of people in this room that were pioneers, started making, making disciples. Right now they're 45, but they're investing their life in 30-year-olds. And there's a harvest in their wake. I pray for the 30-year-olds that are investing in the 15-year-olds. Oh, God. Lord, let this, let this not be a foreign concept in this church. Let this be a part of our, our yes, our culture. We want to be disciple-makers, God. Today, if you say, I want to become a disciple of Jesus... And you would say, ultimately, I've been Lord of my life. I've just been doing whatever I want, but I want Christ to be Lord of my life. I want to, I want to be a disciple of Jesus today. If you want to go on the journey, here's the good news. Jesus went to a cross in your place for your sin. He's defeated the enemy so that you might have eternal life. Here's what he invites you to do. Say yes and give him everything. Just surrender your life. You can have it all. If that's you today, I want to invite you just to pray this prayer. This is the only thing you say to God, but this is your first thing. Jesus, I surrender. Take my life. I give it all to you save me, make me a new person. I give you my life in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we give a big hand as people just made decisions to follow Jesus? We love you.